I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jameis Winston said he wanted to keep it simple, and so he did. And he simply did not turn the ball over and played one of the best games he has as a pro, throwing for more than 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles, as the Bucs beat the San Francisco 49ers 27-9. Big day by the defense as well. They come up with four sacks, including one by Jason Pierre-Paul. They gave him 10.5 on the season. First guy since Simeon Rice in 2005 with the Bucs to have double-digit sacks. It was just a perfect day, or as close to a perfect day as the Bucs could have hoped for, especially on the offensive side. But they also checked a lot of boxes. They get two turnovers, both interceptions. They also make all their kicks. This is what Dirk Cutter has been talking about if his team could put together a complete game. So what changed about Winston? What did he think about during his three games while he was watching Ryan Fitzpatrick do his job? We've got all of that and breaking down the San Francisco 49ers and the Bucks game with Tom Jones of the Tampa Bay Times in just a minute. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick before we get started on this podcast Listen, it's almost Christmas, folks. You know Thanksgiving is over. I went and put all the lights up, the trees up, all of that. Well, that means that you're going to have to go out and start shopping now. And you want to get something special for uh, your special lady or your wife or girlfriend, you have to go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds and do it right now. They get the best prices anywhere. Don't go to the shopping mall. You're not going to find what you want there. And they got the highest overheads. You're going to pay much, much more for it. Well, now, because of listening to this podcast, you'll get an extra 20% off all jewelry purchases. That's right, 20% off all jewelry purchases at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. So if you're going to maybe pop the question and you want that diamond engagement ring, my friend Andy's going to tell you how to do it and match that perfect ring for your loved one. So don't waste any time. Go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. You score big with 20% off right now. If you just say that you listen to Sports Day Tampa Bay. It's Continental Wholesale Diamonds is where I shop. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. Tom Jones joins us now. And uh, Tom, 27-9 win by the Bucks, which looked really as easy as it's ever uh, looked this season, I think, for him. Jameis Winston comes back, and he was sort of an entirely different quarterback than the one we remember that was turning the ball over that got him benched in the first place. This might have been one of the better games he's ever played in his career. I got a feeling Tampa's going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'll tell you, you, know, you watch this game, Rick, and you're like, why can't it be like this every week? I mean, I he, he was, you talked about it, you wrote plenty about it really for the last three and a half years, but yeah. particularly the last couple of weeks, or at least since he got his job back, that he has to protect the football. And, Rick, there were moments Sunday where the old Jameis would have thrown it up in the air, would have tried to make a play, would have thrown it into a tight window, a window that was too tight. And there was a – like he took a sack on one play, and I thought, you know what, that was a good play to take a sack on it instead of just throwing it up. We asked him about it after the game, and he seems to get it. 
you wish he could do it each and every week. I don't know how long it lasts, but I, I would argue, Rick, yeah, one of his better games ever as a quarterback in a buck simply because he didn't give it to the other team. He said something, uh, and he told other people this too. I was talking to Ronnie Barber at halftime about this, and he repeated it to you and to others after the game, um, that his approach was going to be simple, kind of the old, you know, keep it simple, stupid, the yeah, kiss, yeah. kiss approach, which was, hey, if, if I'm not turning down open receivers in front of me. Instead of, and he's constantly looking to, to, you know, to hit the home run ball, sports balls and coverage, and, and he, and he looks, looks away from guys that are clearly maybe not as sexy, maybe just more of a check down, but moves the chains, gets yards, safer play. Um, he, he looked for um, some safe escape routes. When he did get outside the pocket, he, I thought he turned down some throws mm-hmm. rather than force it. Um, and, and like you said, he took the sack. So in short... He had been thinking about this for a while, at least at least the three weeks that he was on the bench this last time. Um, I think probably being benched the first time ever for something other than discipline probably made him take account um, of, of just the way he's been playing the position. I thought it was interesting that Dirk Cutter said after the game, yeah, this is the way you have to play in the NFL. And, and whether he can continue, keep doing it or not, who knows. But... I mean, I saw a totally different James. Now, now, have we seen him play games like this? Yeah, a few, a few. Um, but for what it meant for him, he was defiant this week earlier. Tom, I think he feels his mortality with this franchise mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit in the league even. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, he's he, he's fully aware of what's being said about him, of what people say about him locally, what people say about him nationally. It became a big thing to repair his reputation in the offseason. Uh, when he reached out to a bunch of people in town. So he's a, he knows what people think of him, and I think that he has this reputation. I mean, look, it's one thing you could sit there and say, look, I'm a good guy or, or don't believe everything you, that, that is written or said about me. But when it comes to football, Rick, the, like all we have to go by is the tape, is the film. We're all looking at the same film. And he can't sit there and say I'm a really good quarterback when the numbers each and every week say that he's not a good quarterback. So maybe it got to a point where he realized, look, if I'm going to be considered – a really good quarterback in this league. I'm going to have to stop turning the ball over. There was a play. There were two plays. There was one I mentioned the sack that he took. There was another play where he scrambled out of trouble. Um, and somebody, and, I, and I'm, I want to say it was Cam Bray, but I'm not 100% sure, was open about 15, maybe 20 yards downfield. And Jacquez Rogers was open about six yards downfield. Yes. And Rodgers actually got kind of lit up on the play. Mm-hmm. And yet he threw it to Rodgers because it was the safe play. If Rodgers didn't didn't catch it, it was going to fall to the ground. Right. It, was, it, was, it was a simple throw, and instead of picking up maybe 18, 20 yards, they picked up for sure six or seven yards, kept the chains moving. Mm-hmm. And to me, that started to show that maybe he's thinking about it during the game. There was never a throw in this game, Rick, where I thought, nope. ooh, this is trouble, or he wants to have that one back. Like Even in the, the game where they, they got way down and they, they had to come back with, uh, with Jameis, a quarterback, in the second half of that there were moments in that game where he fumbled a ball that got recovered, the Giants game. And there was another one. He should have been picked off like two other times. There was never a play today where I thought, oh, that should have been picked off. I, th- I thought he was smart, hitting the open guys. And I, let, let's see if he can keep doing it, Rick. But this, if this is how he plays, then this is a good quarterback, a real good quarterback. I don't want to get too much into his head, but I think it's human nature. The way the season began, and he made reference to this last week, um, fits magic, yeah. right? You know, he he sort of implied that 
he wasn't competing with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he did want to show everybody what he could do in this offense because he saw the potential. He saw what Ryan had done, and it was sort of in his mind probably, oh, yeah, watch this. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're not really competing with the other guy, but you're saying, I know the kind of quarterback I am. Wait till I get in there, and you'll you'll really see something as well. And – I mean, this whole, like, so much of this season goes back to his suspension, so much of the psychology of this season yep. of, of really, you know, Dirk Cutter having to go back and forth between quarterbacks. Um, look, and, and Dirk doesn't get – this is not a stroke of genius that he played Winston today. I mean, the fact is Fitzpatrick can run its course, right? Mm, right. I mean, he threw three interceptions and got pulled and benched last week at the Giants, and Jameis came in and did what he did. Um, but – I don't know. There, there, there might be something to the fact that he had something taken away from him. Mm-hmm. He knew that when he got back in there, these was going to be a really important stretch. And I think as much as anything, he's, he knows he has to win. Like winning, you know, even if he doesn't win, he has to be the reason why – he can't be the reason that why they lose. That he, he has to play winning football. Um, ultimately, he can't determine the outcome. But wasn't it funny how when Jameis Winston – or the quarterback of the Bucks doesn't turn the ball over. Everything sort of blossomed off of that, right? They got a lead for the first time since October 21st when they beat Cleveland. Um, the defense got pressure on the quarterback. They were able to run the ball. They made interceptions late in the game. Um, had two of them, in fact, the first time they've had a turnover since week three against Pittsburgh. They made all their kicks. I mean, there wasn't even drama on those because they were ahead. And so... You know, quarterback play really does sort of set the tone in this league. And if your guy is playing well, then everybody else has a chance to feed off of that. And it, and it, and it helps both sides of the ball. I mean, they only gave up nine points today. Here, and I'm going to give you, and I know like when, when people listen to podcasts or radio, you, you can't like just throw a ton of stats out. Yeah. But this is a simple stat. I'm going to give you something, Rick. These are the average starting drives, uh, field, uh, field position. Possession for the San Francisco 49ers today. Ready? Mm-hmm. Start their own 10, their own 27, their own 30, their own 21, 25, their own 12, mm. their own 16, their own 25, their own 25, their own 15, and their own 21. Their average starting field position was their own 21-yard line. That's a team that's not putting, not giving the ball away, not putting their defense in bad spots. There was never a time where the Bucks were, you know, Jameis drew an interception, and all of a sudden San Francisco starting on the on the on the uh, Bucks, you know, twenty three yard line or something like that. The entire game, they were starting the, their their possessions in their in their own end. That makes a difference. It makes things easier. I even asked Jameis. I said, "Is it is it simpler to play that simple game when you have a lead?" And he kind of sort of danced around the answer a little bit, but but I do believe that's the case, Rick. When you're not constantly behind yeah. 14 to nothing in the first quarter, or you're not coming into games when it's 38 to 3 and you have to make all kind of plays. It's easier to check down. It's easier to take a sack. It's easier to throw the ball away when you realize I don't have to score on this drive to keep us in the football game. And, you know, maybe there's another part of this too, Rick, where Jameis, he, he can sit there and tell us that he's a good quarterback. Maybe he realized, maybe he had a heart to heart with himself. Like, Hey, maybe I'm not a good quarterback right now as long as I keep throwing the ball to the other team. And um, I don't know, whatever it was. And I look, I get it. The 40, this isn't the steel curtain they were facing. No, this isn't the uh, 2002 Bucks defense they were facing. It's it's the San Francisco 49ers. But look, these games count, man. 
I don't care who you're playing. It's on a schedule. You go out there, you beat up teams like this, and that's what they did. But you're right, you're right about this. You win the turnover margin, you're going to give yourself a chance to win a whole lot of football games. The 49ers had to come cross-country. They had a bye week last week. They started a, a number three uh, quarterback today, and they found out last night that Ruben Foster, their best defensive player arguably, was arrested in Tampa for domestic violence, and they released him before the game. So uh, Nick Mullins is not Joe Montana, and you know, and, and but that's okay. It, like you said, it's an NFL team. Um, they played pretty good defense at times. Um, you know, I, I'll say this: this is the best game I've seen their defensive line play. It was interesting because before the game, you know, they do the introductions, and it was the defense's turn to be introduced. And the, the DBs were announced, and they ran out there, and the linebackers were announced, and they went out there. And then when they got to the defensive line, mm-hmm. nobody came out of the tunnel. No, wow. They stayed in the tunnel together, and this was Gerald McCoy's idea. And what his, it was symbolic only of the fact that he said, you know, we've had some games where one guy stood out or this guy stood out, but we've never all been together. And so they, they came out of the tunnel together, and as a unit, this is their best game, I think. I don't, and they had four sacks, but they also hit – Nick Mullins had nine quarterback hits on top of that, and they hit him early. When you can hit a quarterback like that early, uh, and I mean legal hits, not ones that were penalized on, I think that definitely affects the game. And and Dirk Cutter said at halftime, they told him, look, we're not getting the sacks necessarily, but let's stay after this guy. And uh, and so they were able to pressure him. They they really never stopped, uh, you know, Abrita. I mean, he he ran all over the place on him uh, at times, but – there just wasn't enough big plays that San Francisco could make to get in this game. And, you know, they, they did what you did, like you said, to your point. They did what you did what you do against two and, and what, two and nine teams, yeah. um, which is beat them handily at home and, and not give them a chance to really think they're back in the game. No, there was never – there was really never a moment – after it was San Francisco tied it up or tried to tie it up, they made it seven six. And then missed they, the extra they missed point. the extra yeah. point. That's another thing. Like the Bucks made their extra points and <laughs> they made all their kicks. You know? Yeah, that just shows you what happens like when a, when a day goes smoothly. Yeah, and you don't wake up with one of your players arrested. But <laughs> it's you mentioned the defensive line, Rick. I thought Carl Nassau. I think Carl Nassau's been a nice pickup. Really player. good. I think yeah, he's a nice player. Yeah, uh, he had a good game. J- Jason Pierre Paul. With his tenth sack, mm-hmm. finally our long national nightmare is over. <laughs> they finally get double digit sack. Joe McCoy had a sack; he played yeah. really well. Vita Vea may have had his best game. No question, not may buck. have did as a buck. Yeah, and what? then I guess there was a what happened. Well, what I mean, Dirk Cutter said after the game that um, he 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 was asked, "What do you attribute Vita Vea's breakout game?" Because he had a sack and and he had four tackles. He had a sack and three tackles for loss. I mean, every tackle he made was in the backfield. And Cutter said, well, I think Jason Light had a secret talk with him. And you'd ask Jason what exactly he said. I, I told Jason I'd give him a complete list of guys to talk to next week. <laughs> Which was kind of funny, but, but in reality, and I don't know what Jason said to him. Probably by tomorrow we'll find out. But I would imagine it was something just based on the way Vea was talking, which was, hey, quit thinking and just let it go. Yeah. You know, there comes a point where, you know, in pro football there's so much – there's so much pressure anyway, and you're and you're trying to, to do your job and um, you know get off blocks and use the right technique and all this other stuff that he'd he'd been struggling with, and finally he just turned it loose today. And I think today you saw what the Bucks thought they were getting. You know, yeah. you saw a guy who could move the pocket, who could penetrate, get in the backfield, get guys on the ground, 
And, and he's never going to be, I don't think, a big sack guy. But that's okay. But then he even did that. He even got the quarterback on the ground. So, yeah, huge day for Vita Vea. And, and I think a relief probably if you're, if you're Jason Light and the Bucks that, hey, you know, maybe we weren't crazy to take this guy. Yeah, I was going to say, he probably know. talked to Vita Vea and said, hey, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my no job doubt. here, man. Yeah. Because everybody's and, You know, Ronald Jones ain't going real well either. So the least <laughs> you can do is try to play better. Yeah, do something out there yeah. while everybody's killing me for not taking Derwin James in the draft. But, right. Uh, no, a really good game by him as well. Okay, let me ask you this now, Rick. Yeah. Why can't they play like this every week? Or no, uh, maybe a better way this. Can they play like this every week? Can they is, – is this season still salvageable? If you play like this, there's no reason they, can be, they can't beat Carolina, right? I mean, can, can you go on a run now? Can you win five out of six Well, with it playing like you did today? I mean, I, look, I, I still think that they're really out undermanned on defense right now without Levante David. Obviously, Quan Alexander's on IR. They had another injury today, and Carlton Davis, who's absolutely their best corner, he has an injury, so you have to see what hit the health, what his health is. I know JPP went in and out of the game. He seems to be okay. DeMar Dotson yeah. was not okay. He has a hamstring and a knee. I don't know if he can come back and play. So they're beat up, and I don't think they're very good on defense. Now, having said all that, yeah, the NFC South is such that, you know, these teams see each other twice a year, and they're not intimidated at all by playing one another. Um the Carolina Panthers are struggling right now, struggling to win. And and that could be good or bad, but they're desperate to not fall out of this. They got off to a really good start, and now they lost, I think, three out of four. Mm-hmm. Their kicker could be – they could have a new kicker by the time they get here on Sunday um, because he missed another big kick. If you remember a week ago, Ron Rivera went for two um, right, right. You know, because he didn't tra- trust the place kicking. So um, I, think, I think you're going to face – I hate to say it, a much better quality of opponents. You've got New Orleans after that, after Carolina, and then you go to Baltimore, right? And those are all three teams that are in the playoff picture um, at the very least. So um, it's not going to be as easy. But, yeah, to your, to, your, to your point, they can go on a run. And what this reminds me of a little bit, at least this game, and it was funny because Cam Brait and Jameis Winston were talking about this during the game, is – this was the way they played, if you remember, when they went on a five-game winning streak in 2016. Yeah. Uh- Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, You know, Jameis was on point. He didn't turn the ball over very much. Uh, Defense got some turnovers. That was really the the key there during that five-game win streak that they had. And they went on a little bit of run, and, and it even included a deep ball like we saw today against Richard Sherman, who at that time was playing for the Seahawks when, right. when he beat him on a go route um, here uh, against the Seattle against Seattle, and that was part of that five game win streak. So, yes, if they play like if this is the formula they follow, they they're a tough out. I mean, they just are. They're a tough out if they if they don't give the ball away. Now that's easier said than done. I don't know how many turnovers they're going to get. Um, you know, Cam Newton's been pretty efficient this year. Um, and again, I still think their defense is, is, is not great. But 
this reminded me of the way they played. And if they can be reminded of that, and they were to some extent, and it began with Mike Evans, who is Jameis's go-to guy, always has been. Cameron Brait, you know, in the end zone when they get in the red zone. Adam Humphrey's making plays. Those are his guys. Those are the guys yeah, yeah. he's played the most football with. And if he gets into a rhythm with them, he's very dangerous. You know, he made plays today. And, uh, and, and they weren't easy plays. They were down-the-field throws and, and, and on, the, on the run and some scramble plays. But, but he's very good uh, in those situations. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is possible. The season, if they had one more win right now, yeah, yeah. it'd be a lot. You'd be saying, well, they can get to 500. They still got to win three weeks in a row just to climb back to 7-7. Seven and seven, Right. At which point you say, okay, I always said, if you're a 7-7 seven and seven team, you got two weeks to make the playoffs, you'll be on the board at 9-7. and seven. You right. know what I mean? Right. Who knows where you fall? The thing I that, that out of everything you just said, I agree with everything you just said. I think it's a long shot that they're going to make it. But um, the one thing that doesn't concern me as much, if you told me that um, – that they their offense is no good. Their defense is pretty good, but their offense is no good. I think in today's NFL that would worry. You're me. in trouble, yeah. But I don't. I'm not all that up, like all that worried if you don't have a good defense in the NFL because right. I'm not sure there are a whole lot of great defenses. That's in the true. State. The thing is, this team can score points. I truly yes. believe they can score points with anybody. Now, the problem they were getting into is they're falling behind yeah. <laughs> by four touchdowns in the first half of games, but. When, when they're not turning the football over, they move the football up and down the field. It's a whole key. Exactly. And so I, there's no reason why against Carolina they can't put up 30 points or they can't put up 30 points. But they beat New Orleans because they scored 48. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think those were fluke games necessarily. So uh, that's the one thing. If you're the Bucks, that's the one thing I'd be hanging my hat on. It's like, hey, we might be able to score enough to, to win some games coming up here. Let me ask you this. Do games like this – make you think or would they make the Glazers think and it'd have to be more of them obviously yeah. you know where I'm going with this mm-hmm. is hey maybe maybe this is more or let me say maybe it's less Dirk Cutter than it was the whole quarterback situation in other words yeah Dirk Cutter has the right game plans um he puts these guys in position to win now you know, sometimes you can blame the coordinator on, on lack of execution because it's their job to get these guys to play well. Um, but when they make the plays that are there to be made, this is a, a, a pretty formidable football team. So, you know, it makes you wonder, like, they've lost because they can't they can't stop turning the ball over. And it's been one position. Now, look, the defense, like you said, it, it's, it's historically bad this yeah. year, right? But nine points... You know, at home, they're a much better team, period. They play a much better defense at home. They're like, uh, you know, 15, 16 points better at home for the season. So does it make you stop and go, hmm, I don't know. Like what, maybe this is more on the quarterback in this whole crazy suspension Winston Fitzmagic thing than it is on Dirk. I think you bring up a great point, Rick. This is something when I look at Dirk Cutter, I, I ask myself, can this guy call plays and run offense in today's NFL? Like they're, the guy I admire as much as anybody in the NFL these days is Andy Reid. Oh yeah, because he's he's adopted and adapted. anybody he hires. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's adapted different styles, and you look at, at the trend in today's football. Who are the guy, Who are the hot guys in football? Obviously, it's um, Sean McVay. Sean McVay out in L.A. You see mm-hmm. what the Chargers are doing with their offense these days. Um, Kansas City, obviously, with Andy Reid. Philly had their day last Philly year. Philly had their with yeah with Doug yeah. Peterson. 
Um, so another Kansas City guy. Another Kansas, another Andy Reid guy. That's right. So you see the teams that, that put up a, a lot of points. They have these offensive gurus or whatever. Do I consider Dirk among that? Look, I don't think. Look, I think Dirk has some flaws. But overall, do I think he can coach in today's NFL? Can he call plays and run an offense in today's NHL? I, yeah, I do believe that. I look at this team putting up 400 yards a game, 500 yards a game some week. With ease. With ease. And they're doing it. I, I don't think my opinion of the offensive line, I think my opinion of the offensive line is not as good as everybody else. I think it's an average at best offensive line. I'd agree with that. I think their running game is average at best. Yep. I know some people really like Peyton Barber. I think he's just an average guy. Yeah. Um, and, and you have a quarterback, no matter who's in there, Fitzpatrick or Winston, who's been up and down. Certainly not – you wouldn't – together you wouldn't call them one of the top ten no. quarterbacks in the league. No. So he's doing all this, putting up 500 yards a week with you know, with only like really good skilled guys at the wide receiver position, and mm-hmm. everything else is kind of average this year. Yep. So the, now is it enough for – I guess the ultimate what we're really getting to here is can he save his job? Yeah. If they play like this, even if they don't win every week. Yeah. I don't think it's a slam dunk, Rick. I think in years past, I mean, Raheem was a slam dunk. You know, people looking back, now Shiana was a slam dunk. You had to make that move. Lovey, I don't know. We can go back and forth on that one. But with Dirk, I don't know that it's going to be a slam dunk. Now, again, let's just say they play like they do today. Yeah. Offensively, and they're in games. And yeah. I, even if they finish 8-8 eight and eight right. at this point. Is that enough? I don't know. It might be. I, I just think that when the story of this season is written, it will always go back to Jameis being suspended. I, I really do think that no one, even though I think in the minds of, of Dirk and, and everybody, it was let's just navigate those three games. And when he's back, everything will be okay. Right. But here's what was wrong with that is that, you know, getting Ryan Fitzpatrick ready to play week one in New Orleans was probably the right thing to do. But at the expense of who and mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Um, Jameis Winston had a pretty good preseason, but who is he playing against? Who is he throwing to? And then he went away. And that's the biggest thing. He left the building. And, I yeah. mean, he threw with dudes on the beach or whatever, you know, at a, at a youth club, a youth uh, complex, whatever. Right. Which is fine, okay? We know how hard he works. That's all on. he could do. That's all he could do. Yeah. But then he comes back, and he has helped create this 2-0, you know, two-time player of the week, Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, with all of his receivers and Dirk's play calling and Munkin calling it, and feels pressure, not just to get back in there, but to really, really show out, you know. And, and, and Jameis isn't one to lack for confidence. I don't think his confidence has gone anywhere. I think he looked inward, though, and said, hey, I've got to win. If I don't win... It doesn't matter. All the numbers don't really matter. How I play right. doesn't matter. Um, but that that sort and that led to a quick hook because you you take the three games he did play. Atlanta played winning football, couldn't overcome the red zone interception. And again, that's a lot about the defense because if you make a turnover with this defense, they're not getting any right. back. Right. So you're a minus whatever, right? Uh, and then you know they win the Cleveland game. Now, the Cleveland game, everybody said, well, oh, that interception in overtime. Jameis' counter to that this past week was, yeah, but I took us down and the dude missed a 40-yard field goal or I'm not throwing the pick in overtime. That's right. That's right? right. And then he had the meltdown. He had the horrible game, which is, as we watch the Bengals now, we know how unforgivable that game was right. because the Bengals are mailing it in on defense. Um, and then he gets benched. But he gets benched because Fitzpatrick was an option. 
under any other circumstance, if he starts the season. So what I wonder yeah. is, and we look, we got five weeks to determine this, and the Glazers will too. But what you wonder is, will somebody say, hey, wait, assuming he doesn't get in any more trouble, which yeah, is yeah. always a possibility, but sure. let's, you know, this let's thing, this, thing this happened two and a half years ago. Right. If you give him an off season, give him a training camp, and he takes the momentum of the preseason into another year, is it a different picture? In other words, yeah. did this suspension cost everybody? And the answer is yes, it has. Yes, it has. And just to be clear, and I think I know what you mean by this, it's, it's not like how they did in those three games that he was gone. No. It, because everybody was worried they were going to go on three and end up going two and, and one. And they went two and one. Yeah, so it had nothing. To, it wasn't what happened in the first three games. It's what happened in the next five games that's, after that's the first correct. three games. And that's, that's correct. A, and the, the impact of the suspension. I remember asking Dirk Cutter right after – well, I don't know, maybe one after one of the losses after Jameis hadn't played well. And maybe it was when he got benched. And I said, how much did that impact him? And he, I was waiting for him to say, oh, no, it didn't impact him. Well, he, yeah, I mean, he basically admitted, yeah, look, it's, we, there's no way to measure yeah. how much it cost us and what yeah. it meant. And, but to, to, to sit here and say that it had no impact, you're, you're absolutely right. So, therefore, does that I don't know. And ultimately, does that save Dirk? Look, does I don't. I, I think record is. I think record still matters. Uh, I said this uh, on one of the shows I was on about how you know Dirk. Dirk, after being brought back after the five and eleven season, said he called his owners courageous. What kind of courage would it take, right, to have back to back five six six win seasons? And, yeah. and you know, let's not forget there were a lot of empty seats here today. Yeah, they were. You know, and this is not show friends, it's show business. And if they can't sell tickets, if I can't sell you next year, you're you're either a current season pass holder or right. one that, that I need to have in, in, in the seats. And if I can't sell you, hey, we got this. Dirk's our guy, Jason Light's our guy, then, then what am I doing? You right. know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, they're in the business of selling tickets. They're in the business of having a product that people will be excited about. And that's the one thing NFL does, and it's the one thing the Bucks have always had, and that's maybe only all the only thing they've had is, hey, we're change. We're selling change. You know, right. Whether it's Lovey or Raheem or, you know, all the coaches they've had since John Gruden, there was this narrative of, hey, this will work. Wait, wait till you see this. And people get fired up and then sure. it doesn't work and then they start over again. Um, but I'm wondering if you really take a step back, man, when they said he put himself and the team in a bad position, he really did. He really did. And when you lay it out like you just did, it's easy to make a case for why, you know, Dirk Cutter deserves a more ch- deserves another chance and why maybe Jameis deserves another chance to come back. Right. If, if I'm looking to make a chance, again, and you're right, look, Rick, they could go out and, win, and lose whatever, how many games they have left. Five right? left, yeah. Five left. If they, they lose, lose all five. They lose all five. And they're not going to be favored in any of them. No, they're right. And, they, and if they lose four of them, then, yeah. then this is what we're we talking, talking about. about. Yeah, who the new yeah. coach is going to be. Right. But at the same time, when I, when I if if you look at the, what this team has done under Dirk Cutter offensively, if it gets to the end of the season and I'm the Glazers, the Glazers have always gone for sort of that home run hire. Usually, not always. Usually, they go for the home run hire. But I look at look my next coach or whoever's coaching my team in 2019 better know offense. Mm-hmm. It's the way the league's gone. Mm-hmm. You have to know offense. And I'm going to look out there and say, well, is there a guy out there that actually knows more than Dirk Cutter knows about this stuff? I think Dirk Cutter knows a lot about the offense. So maybe that helps save him as well. 
again, the next five weeks will determine whether or not he comes back. But if if I think the Glazers might have it, it's the same thing we said with Jameis. At some point, you're going to have to have a leap of faith here. I don't know that you're ever going to know no. You know, right. you're never going to get to a point where you say, "Okay, that was the moment I knew he was our guy." I think you, I think we're I think there will be some more good moments from Jameis this year. I think there'll be. I think he'll have. I think he has another clunker game in him, Rick. Yeah. Just because he always does. I think they'll they'll have a game where they're down fourteen to nothing early. Well, and that's when you see it. When you right. see the real character is is maybe not when things go well like they did today and you got the lead. It's going to be more about you know what happens if he has to bring his team back down by a score or two. And, and it's and like Dirk Cutter said, they never got to sort of desperation time in the right. game. They didn't have that today. Most games come down to either got to stop somebody in the final two minutes or you have to go down and score to win. Right. Um, and they didn't have that situation today. There was one other thing I wanted to bring up to you, if I could find yeah. it real quick as far as the – because I, I know it's something that people are going to be talking about. So he uh, targeted Mike Evans eight times, six catches. Humphrey, six for six. Godwin, four for four. He targeted another receiver eight times <laughs> and connected three. <laughs> Deshaun Jackson, he still doesn't seem to have the chemistry with Deshaun Jackson. And I don't know if there were some of the throws. I thought Deshaun should actually should have caught one of them, first one of the game. But other than that, like, they still doesn't have quite have that connection with Deshaun Jackson. It's the damnedest thing, and I, I, I think that's just the way it's going to end. The best throw he made, he made in Cincinnati, the game that he was absolutely terrible in. But he hit the bomb. He hit the sixty-yarder to Sean. It's the best throw he's made to him in the two years he's been here. Had, him, no, wide, had him open today. Had him open and over overthrew him. They said he can't overthrow Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> oh yeah, Jameis Winston can. They, like by a lot. It yeah. Was, no. Like as soon as it left his head, like yeah, no, that's, that's no, gone. That's no chance. Yeah. <laughs> Although he hits Mike Evans in perfect stride, which is oh, yeah. the weirdest thing, right? But he's been yeah. around Mike more, and um, he's a bigger receiver. And I don't know. I, I can't. I think sometimes there's like probably a little bit of pressure there, and it's like ah, I gotta Speaking hit. Speaking of Mike Evans too, Ty, he's a top five receiver, don't you oh, think? Oh yeah, that I, guy is so good. I've always said that Mike is if Mike played somewhere else or or for a team that was good, for a team that contended. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about it. He's only the third player, Tom, in NFL history. NFL history to have start his career with five one thousand yard seasons. He's over a thousand yards. He's he's eclipsed last year's total yardage and touchdowns. And there's five games to play. Right. So this guy is actually getting better. He was also the third guy, the youngest player to yeah. do it too. Randy Moss and, and yeah, Randy Moss and uh, AJ Green are the other two. Right. He and he was a, he was younger, like significantly younger. Right. Than both of right. those guys. Uh, I just I think he's a, a great player, a fabulous football player. I think he's he's top five receiver for sure. Yeah, no question. Well, we'll see uh, what the Bucks can do uh, when they play Carolina. They're going to be home now for a couple more weeks. That certainly won't hurt them either. And uh, and Jameis Winston finally has sort of a coming back party, if you will, <laughs> and, and manages to uh, to play one of his better games. So thanks a lot, Tom. Thanks, Rick. Hey, thanks for listening. We're here every Monday through Friday. I'll be at One Buck Place to talk to Dirk Cutter following their big win, of course, over the San Francisco 49ers. We'll get updates on some injured players like DeMar Dotson, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul did come back in the game, uh, but he was a little nicked up, as was Carlton Davis. So get updates on them. You can check us out on tampabay.com for the latest. And as always, you can interact with us on Twitter, at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. We'll also be talking uh, a little bit about the Lightning's uh, big win over New Jersey as well Sunday night. So it was a busy day in Tampa Bay, that's for sure. 
And we'll start talking a little bit about the college football playoff scenarios. Of course, rivalry weekend is over. Huge win by Ohio State. It's going to be uh, some decision-making time between them, perhaps, and Oklahoma to see who gets that final spot in the college playoffs. we still got conference championships games to go. So we'll talk to Mac Baker later this week. Um, Tom Jones will probably come back and join us at some point. So lots to do uh, and keep it right here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. If you didn't have a chance, go back and listen to the interview I did with John Lynch. Uh, That's also available on iTunes where you can find this podcast. Really worth your while. Of course, uh, the 49ers had a tough day having to release Reuben Foster after his arrest early on, uh, I guess it was Saturday night, in Tampa on domestic violence. So, um, But I did have previous to that an interview with John Lynch, I think, that you'll really enjoy. So one other thing, make sure you go to Continental Wholesale Diamonds for all your needs this Christmas, your jewelry needs, whatever you're looking for, a statement piece, diamond earrings, necklace pendant, maybe an engagement ring, go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds, 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club, and you'll save 20% off all jewelry purchases just for listening to this podcast. For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great night, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.